The following program, the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, is paid for in full by Acunet Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org, number 255368. The advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Acunet Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from AccuNet Mortgage and Realty. And now, here's Brian and David Wickert. Welcome to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show, uh, first edition of December here. I'm Brian Wickert, licensed real estate broker with AccuNet Realty Advisors and the majority owner of AccuNet Mortgage, along with my son, David, who is our chief client experience officer at AccuNet Mortgage and also one of our top senior loan consultants. If you've got a question or a comment, you can call or text us on today's, uh, on the old National Bank talk and text line, uh, which is 855-616-1620, old National Bank, get old. You can also grab a podcast podcast of today's show and any of our past shows wherever you get your podcasts normally. Well, David, uh, some headlines uh, in, in uh, housing market land here this last mm-hmm. week, kind of fresh late in the week, pending home sales. Uh, this is measuring October coming from the National Association of Realtors are the lowest they've ever been in recorded uh, National Association of Realtor history. They, they've been tracking pending home sales since 2001. So in the last 22 years, lowest pending home sales. Do you want to briefly explain what that means and well, why it is yeah. or isn't surprising? Pending home sales is homes, you know, under contract that have not yet closed. And it's a it's a leading indicator, right? You got to be pending before you're closed. And so just maybe the easy way to think about it is who went under contract in October, who's probably going to be sitting at the closing table in November. And so you can, you can be like, boy, November is going to be thin. If October was, you know, light on everyone agreeing to purchase. And what was it about October that likely contributed to Mm -hmm. this? Uh, thinness in it, November closing. It, it's that rates were going up and up and up and up all throughout October, which is, isn't that the most natural reaction there could possibly yeah. be? That's right. Yeah. People capitulate. They go, forget it. Uh, I'm out. Push right. back a little bit. Well, now, luckily, as we reported last week, rates are down. I just yeah. recorded an ad uh, featuring uh, 6.99% on a 30-year fixed rate. Now you would have to, oh, no, no, it's, that's not the rate. It was a 6.75 rate uh, with about one and three quarters points paid up front so that the APR was 6.95. So it's gettable. And oh, we're yeah. going to talk later in the show about, well, okay, if, if you go that route and you, and you take the 6.99 rate with some points, you know, what does that say about your personal future outlook on on mortgage rates. We're going to cover that later in the show. Um, and then our first time uh, homebuyer uh, money also got cheaper this last week. It's down to 6.375. Yeah. Certain income restrictions apply uh, for that based on your household size and the county in which you're in. Um, the APR on that's probably about 6.6 because you pay private mortgage insurance, which gets added into the interest rate when you calculate the APR. But those are good developments. And so uh, I want to turn the page now and talk about Zillow just also came out with their top predictions for the 2024 housing market. And I know you're going to agree with the first one, David, because I think it came off of your lips as well <laughs> in a recent show. Their number one prediction is that more homes will be listed on the market as homeowners accept 
that mortgage rates aren't going to be falling big time anytime soon. And so you agree with that, right? Uh, absolutely. Well, because um, I, I'm, I'm going to torture whatever the phrase is, but if it's a, a game of chicken between you and rates or you and the marketplace, you you as the seller or whomever is probably going to capitulate before, you know, the market comes back to you. And that's exactly what sellers are going to do, right? Because Because rates have never been the reason. And so perhaps there's been a delay at best in people deciding to move on with their lives. But if you live in, you know, Milwaukee and you want to move to Naples, at some point you're going to be like, you know what I care about more? Sunshine more than Sunshine. I care about rates. Well, I, I just talked to a fellow boomer last night at an event and he was describing how, yep, my son who has been living in a condo in downtown Chicago, but now has a child they're going to be moving out to the burbs. This is a real Ta. story. You're not just making this up, are you? No, I'm not. This making is a that real up. person. That's okay. why we're still in businesses because, you know, people have even though rates are high, yeah, people have real life reasons to to you know make a move. Another prediction is that home prices will level off, which will give hopeful buyers a chance to catch up. Meaning that as their income continue to increase mm-hmm. and mortgage rates come down, that affordability gap is going to be less painful. In fact, uh, Zillow's nationwide prediction for home values for next year is that they'll go down just a teensy-weensy bit, 0.2%. Malpractice. You're reporting a nationwide number. Uh, Okay, okay. All right. I'm going to look up the the local number because they do actually publish it by county, I think. Uh, We'll find that on on one of our breaks here. So let's just say that they're going to be about the same, or at least they're not going to go up at the torrid pace um, that we've seen the last several years. Mm -hmm. Now, check this out. They said in their uh, little article that the typical homebuyer in October would have spent more than 40% of their gross earnings on their mortgage payment, an all-time high uh, since Zillow's been tracking the data. When we come back, I want you to think about, because I actually did the data, I've got AccuNet's numbers. Okay. For, you know, is that our median? Is that the typical for us? Oh. Or, or, you know, where, where do we stand in that? All right, we'll come back to the uh, Zillow home predictions for next year when, right after this message. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Welcome back, and thanks for tuning in to this week's show. Uh, all right, so while we were, we were talking about, hey, where are home prices going, and that's going to help things get more affordable, I was able to pull up here on our break uh, Zillow's forward-looking forecast for home values in Wisconsin, and this is kind of for the middle two-thirds of the market, so not the bottom 35%. Or bottom quarter, not the top ten percent. This is the meat of the market, and so they're saying uh, that a year from now, when it comes to um, October of 2024, on average, they think home values will be down in Milwaukee 1.2 percent. So, if you're talking about the um, you know median price home of around three hundred thousand dollars, they're saying, well, you know what, next year is going to be worth two ninety seven. Hmm. So let's call it flat. Yeah. Madison, they've got it negative 1.4. Uh, Green Bay, zero. Appleton, minus 0.1. Uh, so I, just in general, all the Wisconsin markets are, you know, pretty flat. flat. Yeah. Pretty flat. Uh, so, you know, that's going to be good for affordability. 
and uh, as people's income grow and as mortgage rates hopefully continue to come down, that's going to be a plus for home buyers. All right, another prediction. Oh, I was asking you what percentage of Acunet's home buyers in 2023 so far through the end of November do you think had a where we're spending 40 percent or more of their gross monthly income on principal interest taxes and insurance it's called the housing debt ratio yeah uh half wow uh only nine percent david only nine percent of our home buyers uh, are spending 40% or more of their gross income on principal interest taxes and insurance. Oh, I was, whoa, whoa, okay, okay, I'm sorry. The, the uh, as, as the, the parlance ratio. is, the front-end ratio, the just the mortgage payment. Just I, the I, mortgage I, payment. I'm sorry, yeah. I thought you were talking about, and the all the monthly payments that you have, no, which is sometimes no. called the back-end ratio. Okay, yeah, so just the, actually, well, which is good. I didn't, yeah, so so that that's good news for our buyers. Oh, yeah. Um, now another fourteen percent spent between thirty-three percent and forty percent. So let's add that together. That's almost a quarter uh, of people. But that thirty-three to forty percent is kind of well, you know you're not spending you're spending a big chunk. You know a yeah. third to four tenths. But then check this out: seventy-one percent of our buyers so far in twenty twenty-three are spending thirty percent or less of their income, uh, gross income on their house payment, which is considered affordable. That is the definition of what's an affordable mortgage payment. This is the federal government, Habitat for Humanity uses the same uh, measurement. So if you're spending 30% or less of your gross income on your house payment, that's considered affordable. You over there with the Let me. Shirt. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pile on in a good way because the mortgage carpenters at Acunet we are always, so mortgage lending in 2024 and beyond is pass-fail. There is no ABCD level. And so because we always want to get our clients the best rate and the lowest cost, and what you're describing is only the income that we list on the application. Because many times... Well, that's and I, true, too. Yeah, you well, got a point there. So, because, so for example, yeah, I have a $75,000 salary and a $20,000 bonus. Well, hey, if I don't need that bonus income and we're just silent... That's going to get you probably a better rate using a special income-specific program. So right. when you're, you, the numbers you're describing, it's, you know, they may be are even stronger. They might even they might be artificially high, you're saying, because of our selective use of income in some situations. Streamlined. Well, so you know, and it's so. Is it because is it because our clientele, the people that get mortgages from us, or is it because it's the Midwest and uh, you know, home prices aren't as expensive here as they are on the coast. I don't know exactly why our customers' debt-to-income ratios, you know, people aren't spending as much on their home as what Zillow is seeing, you know, nationwide. They're saying, hey, half of the people spend 40% of their income well, on it, just their housing payment. Any, any time California or New Jersey yeah. gets included in the calculations, it's going to throw off the, the, the dollar amount. A couple of other quick uh, predictions here from Zillow. The new starter home is going to increasingly be a single-family rental. In, in other words, they're saying, you know what? Hey, you're renting an apartment. You know, you just got married or whatever. And now you want to get into a single-family home so you don't have to hear the noisy neighbors and all that stuff. Well, you might not buy a home in 2024. You might rent a single-family home. Eh. 
And where might some of those rentals come from? They're saying, well, some people are going to, when they move up, right, when they move from that condo uh, downtown out to the burbs so they have room for their dog and their kids, maybe they're going to hold on to that first home that they have because the rate's so low, and maybe they're going to turn that into a rental. So who knows how big of a trend that's going to be, but it's something. Um, And then their other prediction. uh, Can I just... Just on that math quick is, you know, yeah, we're going to hang on to the rental or, you know, our previous place. I always like to point out to people, it's like, or you could sell it and walk away with many, many thousands of dollars from your proceeds or, you know, maybe clear one, two hundred, three hundred dollars a month. Most when they get down to it, most people are like, I'll take the cash, please. Yeah. Yeah, it's expensive. Uh, the last thing, and then we're going to come back. You've got some story, some real life stories of uh, deals you've pulled out of the jaws of defeat into the yeah. victory lane here that we're going to get to next. But the last thing is they're saying because there's still going to be such a relative dearth of listings in 2024, maybe home buyers are going to be much more willing to buy the fixer uppers. You know, in it's like ah, I don't want to. I don't want to have to remodel the kitchen. Maybe they're going to buy the ugly ducklings in 2024. So who knows what's going to really happen? When we come back, David, let's get to your stories about uh, people with bad basements. You're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on AM 620 WTMJ. Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Weckert on WTMJ. Welcome back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm David Wickert. That's Brian Wickert over there. Uh, Dad, you, uh, you, you, you teed me up because I've, I've had. What did you say? I have, I have saved uh, some people from the jaws from the- of defeat. Jaws of defeat, right? Yeah, you never Partic- want to pull somebody out of the jaws of victory. You want to pull them out of the jaws of defeat into the winner's circle. That's what we want. Yeah, and, and so you know, I remember listening to you do the radio show. You know, ten plus years ago, and guess what? A problem is basements, hmm. it, foundations, yep. and it was. It's true then. It's true today. It'll be true in the future, and. So I have, I have two clients, actually, at least two. I feel like I have been the chief basement officer, you know, throughout okay. the month of October and November. Not a bad thing to be. Well, so, so one, I'm going to, I'm going to describe the, and they fixed it story. So okay. my clients, they went, they wrote the offer. This seller had lived in the home for, I'm not kidding, 68 years. Whew. And they, uh, but and so they, they closed last week. And with the with the buyers, I said you will have to live into this house until twenty ninety one, in order to be there for sixty eight <laughs> years. That blew wow. their mind a little bit. How old are these buyers? Are they young enough to uh, possibly they, make it? They home? are clients of Krause Funeral Home, so it's actually the son who is selling uh, the parents' home, but they had owned it for oh, sixty eight okay, years. Okay, okay, so, so. They disclosed, the seller said, in the listing, we have a bad basement, but hey, we are ready to fix it. Oh. And what was particularly thoughtful about this is we all knew that going in, and but we did all the other homework. We, we documented the buyer's income, their down payment. We got the appraisal done, everything, so that the last piece of the puzzle was we are ready Let's fix the basement now. Okay. And so they uh, had the quote lined up. They had the company ready. And after, you know, we shared that we're ready to rock and roll on the mortgage, they got the basement done. I think they were doing some bracing and mm, yeah. maybe I've some. I've had to do that. Oh, okay. With the property, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of amazing 
when you see how strong those things are, it's like, wow, that's better than new. And so they got that done. Man, it felt cool because what we did, the appraiser obviously, you know, saw the listing and was also aware that, hey, the basement was going to mm-hmm. get fixed. So they that is called subject two in appraisal yeah. world. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this is the value of the home so long as you actually complete the basement repairs. Yep, and, and we so, need that done before closing. You can't do that do. after closing because there's no weather-related reason to hold no. back that money. All right, so so much to say. Well, so let me get to that. But the, well, but the, the timing punch. is what was fancy. The basement was going to get done on a Saturday. We knew that the previous Thursday, so we pre-scheduled the appraiser to return to the property that Monday mm-hmm. after the work gets done on Saturday. So that we're not losing time because it's yeah, still right. a pretty tight closing. We appraiser, you know, walked back out there that Monday, you know, declared, yes, you did oh. fix the basement. And we closed that three days later. Fantastic. The reason why uh, I think a lot of basements are expensive or fixing them is expensive be. because, yeah. because the seller then on the closing disclosure, I saw the seller was paying the basement company out of the proceeds from the sale of the home yeah and that was the juicy number of twenty eight thousand dollars yowch to fix the basement okay but i'm just gonna get inside the mind of the son who was the seller here it's like Mm -hmm. hey i'm happy to do this i just don't want to front the money exactly and so I'm going to wait until I have a buyer in hand. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to disclose. And thank goodness, folks, that they did disclose that. I mean, you, you're supposed to, right? right? If you know you have a bad basement, and then if your real estate agent knows you have a bad basement, they even if you didn't want to tell, they're supposed to tell. Right. All right, but go on. You got more meat on this bone? Well, what I was going to say was um, that 28000 bucks. it's like no wonder, you know, some sellers don't want to address the basement before closing or no wonder some buyers maybe walk past a concern about a basement because you know just stroking a check for twenty eight thousand dollars you imagine if my clients who were probably i think they were putting down maybe like five percent or ten percent down if this came up a year later or two years later and suddenly they had this bill uh to fix the basement that would be devastating uh, uh, yeah out of sight is out of mind but not out but is no less concern well, and when you think about this all the transactions that got done in 2022, especially, oh, where exactly. the people were waving inspections left and right, um, you know, that's scary on 100-year-old homes or 75-year-old exactly. homes, because guess what? They usually have some kind of a basement problem. So so now, uh, so that's my first basement story. I have the second basement story of, mm, I have a solution. I have a crafty Brian-esque solution mm. for this other basement story. I'll tell that after uh, this news break. Now it's time to turn it over to the 24-hour news desk. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Welcome back, and thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'm Brian Wickert, the elder, and that's uh, my son David over there, the younger, taller, more handsome Wickert. And uh, David, we're talking about problem solvings. I think it was last week. You, I don't remember if you told me on the air or off the air, but you were listening to some coach who said, 
hey, loan officers, loan consultants, you're not really in the mortgage lending business. You're in the problem solving business. So yeah. get used to it. And it's like, yeah, boy, does that ever ring true? So you've got another story here where uh, a basement problem was not disclosed up front. I'm getting the feeling and it kind of mm. came up somehow during the transaction. How, tell us about it. Well, and so the ultimate backstop in all of this, so I described the, hey, they were going to fix the basement from the get-go. This other story is, it's so this buyer was not concerned about the basement. Okay. The appraiser Ooh. was not concerned about the basement, but as is in all appraisal reports, took pictures of every part of the house. And ultimately, the, the third party, the underwriter and Acunet, we okay. raised our hands and we said, Okay, we care about the, you know, quality and status of what this did the pictures, basement. What did, yeah. what did the pictures reveal? What, the black substance on the walls? Was this some so moldy? Maybe, maybe some black substance, maybe some step cracks in oh. the basement walls. And so the prompt from underwriting was, can you please tell me what's going on with this basement? Nobody has provided, you know... It didn't come it's not up the appraiser's job. The appraiser's exactly. job is just to document the condition of the property. He's not supposed to diagnose. That would come from an inspector. Exactly. And so in working with the agent, we uh, prompted an inspector to go out and, and give us a report. And despite, A basement-specific inspector, David, a basement or just a general? Specific. Uh, okay, this right. was a generalist. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, a regarding... general inspector, not a specific. It wasn't Gaddish, who's a famous... No. Uh, Basement inspector here in Milwaukee. Okay, so it's a general inspector. Same guy that did the inspection for the buyer, or was there, there was no inspection, no inspection uh -huh. in the contract uh, con for you know a contingency? Okay. The inspector, you know what what was interesting about his words were: this may be a concern in the future. You know, if this, you know, if there's water, if there's a big rain. They just weren't comfortable declaring, you know, the basement 100% healthy. Is it okay today? Probably. But they're just not willing to, you know, put their reputation, I guess. Well, plus the they're not a specialist. I guess my exactly. question would be, why didn't we have a basement specialist go out there? And you're not our call? or Lack of uh, availability on their calendars more than anything. Okay. All right. So go on. So so what happened? So, so my, my Friday Brian-esque solution was... The contract price for this house, I'm going to just use rough numbers, was 250. Okay. The appraisal came in at 300. Oh my god, a lot of room. Do you want to try to do you want to try to guess? You you I mean, I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit, but my my idea that I proposed on Friday, they're they're mulling it over this weekend. Yeah. The my proposal was your contract's 250, the house is worth at least 300. Why don't we raise the purchase price on the contract to Yeah. 280 and then let's fix the basement yeah because now you'll have money because now you can use the liquidity event as the cool kids might call it mm -hmm. yeah of, the sale of, of the house the sale of the house that the seller can pay for it because what i you know what i the note that i made as i was thinking about the story was sellers are always thinking after they get the contract price they yeah. everybody starts doing their math like i'm gonna walk away with x dollars and they anchor to I'm going to walk away with X. Yeah, what's my and, net? Right, and and so 
you know, things like fixing the basement starts to chip away maybe at what the seller, you know, thought like, oh, well, I'm going to be able to pay for Christmas presents because I'm going to, you know, walk away with this much money from the sale of the property. By increasing, obviously this house in my description, if you're selling it for 250 but it appraises for 300 you have you undersold. The, well, you're getting a discount, giving a discount as a seller. Well, you you have you maybe maybe you had an inkling that there was a basement problem or other condition problems. I don't know. But so but here's kinda, go ahead. Well, so so they're so they're mulling that over. But here was my then pitch to the buyer. You then basically get to finance the repair of the basement. Yeah. That instead of stroking a thirty thousand dollar check two years from now to fix your basement, instead, roughly, if you're well, going to borrow you thirty thousand. Do you know what the price is on for the fix? Well, I'm just, just using, using if the, the if my other example was twenty eight. Let's just pretend that this one's thirty. No, okay. I, I'm saying instead of stroking a thirty thousand dollar check, the payment difference is only about two hundred more dollars per month. If you're going to yeah. then buy the house for more, borrow yeah. a little more so that the seller yeah. can pay for it. You get a payment instead of out of pocket. All right, so All they're right. chief basement officer. That's me. More right, stories well, like that. Tell us yeah. how, how that turns out next week. So um, when we come back, David, let's talk about what you'd mentioned earlier. Maybe you didn't mention on the show. Maybe it was, it was before you. we started the show. Talking about giving people choices in light of interest rates that are coming down. And uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on Wisconsin's radio station, AM620 WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Thanks again for tuning in to today's show. Uh, since we started AccuNet back in 1999, going to be coming in, closing in on the 25th anniversary here this coming summer of yeah. 24, we have always... Uh, like the idea of giving our clients choices. And so we developed a super cool spreadsheet way back then, and we've refined it ever since so that we're always giving people three choices. Uh, low rate with higher closing costs. The middle column typically has maybe a middle of the road, maybe with no points or very little upfront costs. And then the third column has really low cost, maybe even no cost. So David, tell us about a, a customer you're working with. What, what choices did you give that customer and what does that all mean? Okay, so my what I really enjoy about finding the best option for a client, I, I wrote down, is your mortgage lender asking follow-up questions? Which is true both to make sure that we can actually get the loan done for you, but then also get the best rate and cost combination. And so for this client, as I you know zeroed in on what can I prepare for you, it was, you know, are you a first-time home buyer? How many people are in your household? You know, hey, you told me your income was this. Does that break down at all between, you know, base salary and uh, any very, you know, commission, bonus, any of that jazz? Because sometimes because you might choose to use less income to qualify you for a special program. Is that why you're asking? Exactly. So so at the end of this, so this client shared their income was $107,000, which I didn't, you qualify for nothing special. You mm -hmm. are regular. Yes. Oh, because they're a two-person household? You A uh, single person. Okay, single person. Okay. So, you and, know, it's and, like, congratulations, you make too much money. Like, I, at some point, it's, you know, good problems, yeah, right? That's right. You're you're like in the normal. You're, you know. 
Congrat- so, or above average. Congratulations for being above average. You are above average. So, but we still offer choices. And, and of what I prepared for them was actually, uh, as I think as you looked at it, it's a pretty wide range. It was like, you want that low rate? I got 6.5% on a 30-year fixed. They were putting 5% down, so with the PMI, the APR was 6.9. How much in interest paid in advance, Ooh, otherwise called too, points? In my opinion, too much. If you would like to get all the way down to 6.5%, $7,500 in points. And this is on a loan amount of? On a loan amount of 285. Okay, that's a lot of points. Well, but it's like, how would you like your filet, Mr. Wickert? Would yeah, like I, well, I'd like puck? a crispy yeah, hockey puck because that's how I like it. And and remember, folks, the, the annual percentage rate takes into account both the cost of the monthly mortgage insurance, so it's going to distort this particular example, and, and then it also takes those points and spreads them out over the very thinly over the entire 30 years. So this is not probably the best way to make this decision. But what's uh, door number two, David? Okay, so door, door number two, kind of right down the middle. Well, here, I'm going to say, so if proposal one was 6.5, the total other proposal three was 7.5. Ooh, who would ever ugly. want that? Uh, but that's ugly. because it was only, it, that only had $650 in total closing costs. And okay, that's so the, the give and take. The, right? di- the difference between the first one, the total closing costs or loan costs, we call them total loan costs for what versus what? We got a delta it was here. Or eighty-two hundred dollar difference in the closing Ooh. costs. And okay, that's, so the, the question is: Should you spend, Mister First Time Home Buyer, eighty-two hundred dollars more to get the super trophy rate of six and a half percent? Go on, and then you gave him a middle. And the middle option, you know, it was six point nine nine percent. Right, not too hot, not too cold. That total loan cost thirty-three hundred dollars. Paying a little okay. bit in points because you know, boy, six to get the trophy nine, rate that, six, nine, that feels nine, so yeah. much better. And what's 6.9. the payment difference, sir, between the uh, trophy rate of 6.5 and the 7.5 with the super low closing costs? What's her payment difference? The payment difference is a whopping $191 per month. So what kind of math did you do to help this first-time homebuyer figure out where well, they were going? It's a, it's, it's a break-even analysis, right? It's like if you're going to dig yourself this $8,200 hole well, it's right, to get that low rate. If you're going to invest. Okay. Invest. If you're going to pay up front to get this lower payment. At some point, you'd like to make your money back. The, yeah. So the answer to that was 42 months or about three and a half years. Okay. So it's so for the first three and a half years, I'm going to say it back to you this way. So for the first three and a half years of the loan, the 6.5 is actually the loser. Because yeah, you're waiting you paid to out make it so back. much money. Yeah, you're, you are waiting to make back that money. All right, when we come back, we'll finish up this story and probably can dig up one more. You're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on Wisconsin's radio station, AM620, WTMJ. Find a place to call home without the headache. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. Welcome back. And we're talking about giving people choices, which what is what I think I, I enjoy that as a customer, right? Whatever, the, whether it's mortgages or financial plans or cars, it's like, oh, you know, give me some choices to pick from. Yeah. And you're describing helping a first-time homebuyer putting 5% down, whether they should, you know, fork over a lot of money and get the low rate. What is the impl- What is if the person picks that solution where they're going to pay $8,200 to get the yeah. 6.5% rate and the lower APR, the lower annual percentage rate, do you want to say the APR? Just so we 6.9%. Okay. APR. What would that say? If a buyer chooses that option, what does it say about their outlook? 
you are hoping that rates stay the same or go higher. You believe. Or you're believing. You're believing yeah, that you rates believe. are going to go higher. You're not hoping necessarily, but well, you're, you're you, placing I mean, who a Who doesn't want to feel right? Saying, if well, you, that's if, true. Because remember, I remember we had clients uh, when rates were really low that got like 1.99% on a 15-year fixed yeah. and were just paying through the nose to get it. Well, they ended up being very right. Yeah, because they weren't going to go any lower from there. Right. So, all right. So in, in, in general, if you are of the belief that interest rates are going to come down, in this example, you said my break-even point is 42 months. So if I, as a consumer, go, you know, from everything I'm reading, hearing from what David's telling me, I think rates are going to, will come down all by themselves, you know, maybe from that seven and a half down to six and a half. And, and, and if I believe that's going to happen in the next 42 months, then the better choice is the high rate with the only $600 in costs, right? Yeah. Which is an ugly choice. And I, you know, I, was, I, I, I shared that as much with clients. But can I just mm -hmm. say though, my, 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 my second sentence is, and if I'm wrong and rates don't come down between now and the next 42 months, at least you still got to keep $8,200 in your pocket for the next yeah. three and a half years. Yeah, maybe you find something else useful to do with that. Yeah. Well, you know, as you saw, I, from everything I'm reading and from what we've witnessed in the last, you know, month, thank goodness that November wasn't like October and mortgage rates have started to descend largely because we continue to get some friendly inflation readings. Remember, folks, that's why interest rates got high. Right. Was because inflation's up and inflation's the enemy of interest rates. Well, so now, in fact, we just got another inflation reading last week. Uh, the Fed's preferred one. They were like, yep, still kind of getting under control. Mm -hmm. uh, now, this coming week, we're going to have the jobs report. And as usual, if the jobs report is good and a lot of people got new jobs, that's going to make prices go up because people have more money to spend. And so that would be bad for rates. Expectation. Ex yeah, what's so, the expectation? So, uh, yeah, so in October, we added 150,000 150, jobs. The forecast for next, well, this coming Friday is we're going to add 170,000. Oh, so a little better than last year. So it's all about expectations. So, yeah. you know, the right now interest rates believe that the economy is going to add 170,000 jobs, which is still a lot of jobs just, by the way. Oh, that's, um, the GDP came in for the third quarter at 5.2%. That is an enormous number gross domestic product, which is the sum of all goods and services produced by our great economy. Yeah, yeah that is that is a lot of growth. And so I, I read something online. Now, I, I didn't read the article, but talking about, you know, maybe the Fed is going to do one more rate increase. Things are going so good, you know, in terms of the economy slowing down or I don't know uh, what. Did you read that? Uh, well, I'm, I'm just to be the nerd in this conversation, the two-year treasury is telling a different story. Which, if what anybody would like treasure? to nerd out on what that means, just give me a call and we'll talk it through. But okay. headlines well, are one is, thing, markets are another. I had a, a call from another client where it's like, well, what, what about an arm? Well, you know what? Arms aren't any good right now because short-term interest rates are higher than long-term interest rates. So that's yeah. why arms are kind of non-existent in the conversation. Uh, Can I just, at this on, on my client who I was describing these options to, uh, worked in corporate tax planning. And Ooh. so- it was like one of those, like, we're going to shred the spreadsheet together. It's like, we're going to analyze all of this. And I enjoyed that because, you know, I like Excel spreadsheets yeah, as much yeah, as anybody yeah. else. And yet, to your earlier point, 
we're talking about what does he perceive the, either the market or, you know, rates will do in the next one, two, three years. Which he's, you know, right, all right. Smart, smart guy. And yet, so what is he, isn't, what is he going to choose? Is, uh, as lots of my clients do, middle of the road. Okay. Not too hot, not too cold. That's the why six, the middle nine, exists. Nine. It yeah. sounds, you know what? I got a six handle. That makes me feel good. Exactly. And, and, and I, and, but I didn't go hog wild. Right. All right. I like that choice. All right. That's all the time we've got for today's show, folks. We'll be back here, same bat time, same bat channel next week. You've been listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on the biggest stick in the state, AM620 WTMJ. The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts or guests of Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.